We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You all right? Your face, man, what's good? What you doing? You watching highlights, right? Watching highlights. You watching highlights? Your face is kind of scrunched up. What's good with it? We'll get to it. Lucky Lefty Podcast brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. We gotta drink responsibly. Man, I guess we're gonna talk some Grayson McCall today. Quarterback, Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Jumped into the transfer portal. Two years of eligibility left. We got so many comments from fans yesterday talking about we gotta get this guy. Tommy needs to go get this guy right now. So I'm gonna let Left talk about him coming up shortly. We'll hear from Al Golden. We'll hear from Tommy Reese talking about Tyler Buckner and what he's learned being next to Tommy Reese in the booth during the season and how that has come to manifest itself in the practices preparing for the Gator Bowl. Today's main topic, Left, we're going to get into selling points. Who are the best sellers in college football as head coaches? And it might not necessarily equate to the most wins. Who does the best job of selling their program for what it actually is? Who does the best job of selling this program for what it is? And then we're going to get to Marcus Freeman and how you think about him as a seller of the Notre Dame program. And then how difficult is it to sell Notre Dame to elite players. How difficult is it to sell Notre Dame to elite players? We got a lot to get to left. Before we do that, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and make sure you tap in with all of our great content over at CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Myself, left, I got John Garcia Jr. Then you have Sean Spires. Vince Dario, Jesse Sires with CFE uh, Nation Sports Talk. Um, just great content overall, man. Go now. Download. Leave five stars. Leave comments. We appreciate it. 
It is Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation. You already know. You already know. Spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So left a tragic loss in college football, uh, a character, a gentleman, charismatic in his own way, and still yet uh, controversial in ways, you know, going to the end of his time at Texas Tech. But uh, the loss of Mississippi State head coach, passing game, offensive coordinator, creator, extraordinaire, whatever you want to call him, man. Yeah, our hearts and prayers go out to the uh, Mike Leach family, the Leach family, the extended family, uh, Mississippi State football program, the players and their family. And they actually play my Illini coming up in the bowl game. So It'd be very interesting to see if they indeed play the game and uh, how that bowl game is impacted. But uh, I just wanted to uh, start the show with one of my favorite videos. I mean, we could talk about the Halloween candy. We could talk about his breakdown of the wedding ceremony, which is hilarious. But this is one of my favorite clips. Um, Right here. I want you guys to appreciate, we've had a few games like this, but the thing is, this is an, this is an incredible team win, and that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great football team over there and a great tradition that we just came out on top of. Now, um, well, but the, the biggest thing I want you to take away from this game is nothing is really, really, really fun unless it's hard. Okay, nothing is really fun unless it's hard. And we've got to embrace that things are going to be hard. And we've got to embrace and be excited when things are hard. Because then, and you guys will remember this game the rest of your life. 
And now there's plenty of games you'll forget. But you'll remember this one the rest of your life. And you've got to embrace it, be excited about it being hard and playing extremely hard. If you get way up on somebody, even then you want to be as hard as you possibly can because you're pushing yourself and all of a sudden you're making great plays. You're doing things that you've never done before. So embrace the fact that it's hard. Never hope that it's easy. I remember that when he was at Washington State, and I remember watching that post game, and I said, yo, um, it always stuck with me. Like, because you can talk about the funny stories, the anecdotes and everything, but at the core, he, he was a coach, even with the personality. And I think everyone in life can benefit from really embracing the hard in your life, right? Because that's... That's when your character can be at its best, right? There is no hero without a villain. There is no good without a bad pushing up against it. Yeah, so that's tough, man. I just hate loss, period, especially this time of year, you know, to suffer loss. Uh, well, it's loss at any point, but once again, to the Leach family, Mississippi State football family, uh, our hearts, prayers, and condolences to all of you. Yeah. It's tough losing them so fast, how it happened. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't seem real how quick it happened either. So it's a lot going on, just like the Virginia players this year. And the tragic loss we had with all three of those players, and then lose Coach Leach like we did so fast. You just gotta appreciate the moments and the people that are here while they're here. And I think we were, you know, fortunately, uh, did a good job giving him his flowers while he was here. You yeah. know, making him sort of like a national treasure in college football. And uh, you know, you always had good spirits, and it probably inspired. Uh, a lot of what is going on in college football today. So, you know, we'll be missed. It would definitely be missed. Um, college football lost one of its extremely important ambassadors, in my opinion, uh, with the passing of Mike Leach, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left, I'm going to call an audible. Because I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. Go ahead, bro. Grayson McCall will push back Tommy Reese and Al Golden. Grayson McCall has a dude. I, I, fan base is so thirsty for quarterback play, bro. At this point, I, think, I think we'll take anybody right now, bro. You know Tommy Buckner is better than Grayson McCall. You, you know how you get with a bad breakup? You know what I'm saying? Everybody's looking like tens. Man, you go out, dance in the club with anything. The lights come on. You still trying to take them home. Like you just all over the place. Yeah. And the, this is Notre Dame fan base with quarterbacks in the portal right now. We'll grab any of them. It doesn't make a difference. Well, whoever hits the portal right now, it's like, yeah, we'll take him. Tommy needs to get him. Tommy needs to go get him. It's like, yo. Chill. Relax. Relax. <laughs> Especially on Grayson McCall. Like, so what are your thoughts on Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina? Left? He's at Coastal Carolina because that was all they had offered him. This is no different 
than a than getting a kid from Connecticut that's five six. Gracie McCall is at Coastal Carolina for a reason. Now they had a great team and a great system. He's running the the, the pistol formation, got a lot of RPOs. That's great. But we're playing teams where we have to make throws and be a dude. He's great in the system that he's with, just like the Tulane. They got a bunch of great receivers. The Tulane quarterback has great receivers. That's why they beat, who was that, Um, Cincinnati? Who was that that they beat? They beat BYU. BYU. Lawrence Keys had a touchdown. Oh, you talking about Tulane? Yeah, Tulane. Oh, you talking about Coast? I'm sorry. Yeah, Tulane beat uh, Cincinnati and UCF. UCF. And, yeah, they both have great receivers around them. Guys that I wish we had. I think both receiver cores at Tulane. Well, we had Lawrence Keys. Well, I mean, and we had Lawrence Keys, and and he's out there making plays for Tulane like it was nothing. But we were told that they didn't have receivers. Come on, come on. Both of those receiver groups. Look more athletic and look like look like dogs on their team than what we have from a perception, and, and and they were a bunch of Charlie Jones on that team. But my thing is, how is it possible that we're reaching at the bottom of the barrel for this one, guys? We're not desperate for a quarterback. We're looking for a quarterback. There's two different things. Yeah, Grayson McCall's in the transfer portal because he thinks he can get something better than what he was at. We're not looking to be the stepping stone for another quarterback that's trying to crawl out of mediocrity. We're trying to win with a guy that's ready to win now. Caleb Williams transferring from Oklahoma to USC was a transfer of just taking the next step. We need something of equal value. We're not getting of equal value transfers right now. We we have been, but that's not an equal value transfer. Brandon Joseph is a nice equal value, you know, for the most part. You were high on Brandon Joseph. Jack Cone worked out, but it, it wasn't equal at first. We need to be able to take a step where it makes sense and everybody can be like, oh, that makes sense. That's that's a good, that's a good pickup. Not a Oh man, we took a chance on another kid. No, that's not what we're looking for. Tyler Buckner is better than this kid. I would take Tyler Buckner every day, all day. And that's not what you want to put in the room. You don't want to put another guy in the room that's going to cause confusion. You want to put another guy in the room that's clear cut. A guy that Tyler Buckner can actually learn from. A Spencer Sanders. And just from the track record, I don't think that we're going to uh, take a guy that has more than possibly two years as a transfer, which eliminates Hudson Carr because I think he has three because of what we're trying to do at school right now. We got Angeli Tyler Bugner situation with Kenny Mitchie and another guy coming in. If we're doing it right, we're looking to play Kenny in the next two years. So I'm not thinking – that we're looking to take a transfer that's going to require more than two years to take. I think this is a fix now, patch it up, see what we can do for a year before we, you know, get on schedule. So 
I think that eliminates a lot of guys because I think even Grace McCall has what two years, three years left. Yeah. I don't think that's something that we're looking to get. I think we're looking to stick more on a a, a one year guy that can bridge the gap that we can get on track with how we should play our quarterbacks. That's interesting that you mentioned that, Left. You really believe that this young man is better or isn't better than Tyler Buckner? He's running a system where he's – He's definitely a system quarterback. Yeah, so we're question. not running a pistol thing the whole time. You know, you got to be a multiple-style guy. And to fit in the system and just not looking natural as a thrower, I just don't think that that's what we're looking for at the quarterback position. We're looking for a natural guy, an it-factor guy. This is a guy that can be good with other good guys around him, but that's not going to win you a a championship. Lucky Lucky Podcast. That's a perfect segue left because Tommy Reese – He's been watching Tyler Buckner, you know, practice for pretty much the middle of November and his progression and making sure he's healthy. They said, you know, they make sure that he does everything that he can do on the field, you know, in accordance with what the doctors are saying. So he's not going to make any contact. Marcus Freeman said that. He said it doesn't matter if it's spring or fall. He really doesn't allow allow his quarterbacks to take a lot of contact. Like he he doesn't do that. So there is nothing that they're going to see in practice that's going to show them that he's ready to take a hit. He's just gonna have to go out there and play. And yeah. it. So Tommy Reese, when he talked to the media this weekend, seems like he's feeling pretty good about Tyler Buckner and what he learned from spending time with him in the booth. And he said something that's quarterback speak that I really want you to tap in on. Really taking it day by day, listening to you know the um, where each is at, you know both medically and, and mentally. Um, you know we're going to evaluate it just like we'd evaluate other, any other position. And at the end of the day, the guy that's out there operating the offense and giving us a chance to play for us. And obviously, you know Ty's been out for a while, but want to continue to push him along and see where we get. Tommy, how has Tyler progressed, learning more about the game of football by being injured? Have you seen him? really develop a mental mindset to play the game? Yeah, I think think like being up with us, you see the game from a different vantage point. Um, You see the game slow down a little bit for him. You know, I think he understands that he spent a lot of time next to me throughout this whole process and next to a lot of our coaches throughout this whole process. So you kind of start looking at it like you put your eyes where the coach puts his eyes. And I think as a quarterback, you know, oftentimes that allows you to now go put your eyes where they need to be when you're playing. just helps slow the game down. I think he understands the bigger picture of, of offensive football a little bit from seeing it at that vantage point. And, um, he's, he's a sharp kid to begin with, but I think it's helped him tremendously. What is it? What is he saying when he says Tyler's learning to put his eyes where the coach's eyes go? It means that you're seeing, getting on the same page, you know, on what the coach is wanting out of the play. A lot of what he liked from Drew Pine. But, you know, a lot of that is, you know, throw to 87. So maybe Tyler didn't get the memo enough at that time. But uh, all that stuff included still doesn't mean anything because offense is looking totally different with Tyler Buckner. So everything that he saw from Drew Pine 
is probably 60% of what he's going to do next year with a whole new uh, dynamic to the team where we don't have a Michael Mayer and we have a quarterback that can do more than the guy we had last time. So it's going to be a totally different look and more of a challenge for Tommy to call things to keep him healthy. Now that's something that they need to be on the same page with. Hey, let's not run me three times in a row and then tell me to throw a, a deep shot when I'm dead tired or not in the, in the, in the shape to be able to do that a hundred percent. So we really need this to be uh, something where Tyler has to get reps on the field and stay healthy. That's all it comes down to because all that mental stuff doesn't mean much. If you haven't played in two years, you need to be able to be able to stay healthy so you can get the on the field experience of what it's like to play because at the end of the day, you can know a lot, but you have to be able to make quick decisions in less than three seconds. And that's a whole different system than just knowing the play. So I think uh, for Tyler Buckner, it's going to look rough in the first half, but hopefully the second half he rallies and makes good enough plays so we can win. Thank God that offensive line and the running backs are who they are for him going into that matchup. Yesterday when you heard Marcus Freeman, you said that Marcus Freeman sounded like he didn't know who the starter would be. You know what? Listening to Tommy, I, I'm I, I'm going to push back. And, and Michael Johnson, I think you, you brought this up in the chat that Notre Dame might look at two quarterbacks in the transfer portal. And I disagree. I think Notre Dame is tied into Tyler Buckley. I think they're hell bent on getting ROI on their, you know, on what they've invested. I think this is, as I said, this is Tyler Buckner's audition tape going into next year, whether we're going to get a transfer portal guy, but it's going to be a guy either that's going to start or going to help him learn uh, to be able to help Tyler get better for next year. So I do think that, He's they're invested in Tyler Buckner because he's the best on the roster right now, and that's all you got. So you need to be able to make it work and push him to be uh, the guy that you recruit him to be, especially uh, when you see guys in his class winning the Heisman. Yeah, and it's good to hear that Steve Angeli was getting some run with the ones. Back up, you should. I don't care if it's 15% of the snaps during the yeah, week. Steve's just got to take advantage of his opportunity. I don't see the end of the I see the end of the road for him being real short at Notre Dame unless he goes in there and, and outplays Tyler Buckner and gives him a chance uh to make it competitive going into next year. But you know, the window on that is just unfortunate. But you know, Steve Angeli isn't Marcus Freeman's guy either. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I just feel that they really that they believed in him last year. If he didn't get hurt, all signs were pointing to him being the starter. Then he got hurt fourth quarter against Virginia Tech, and then Jack Cohn kind of regained the reins. But they were they were building him up to start the second half of that season, to build towards this season, which probably would have been more advantageous for this year's version of Notre Dame. But it allowed Jack Cohn to kind of – Jack Cohn, after he took the reins after that Virginia Tech game, Really started to play well. Really started yeah. to play well. The offensive line played better in front of them, and eventually they got to um, the big time bowl game against Oklahoma State. Go ahead, Love. Yeah, I just think it's just different 
for a guy like Tyler Buckner who's been playing in, in bits and pieces throughout a game and then the difference of playing in a full game where you're the guy the whole time. Yeah. I think uh, that adjustment takes time where I don't even think he'll get a chance to do it in this bowl game because I do think Steve Angeli's going to get in there, which is just still not ideal for what a guy like Tyler Buckner needs to be able to survive through or stay healthy enough through to even see where he can be as a full-time guy. Him being a utility guy just doesn't – I don't think that looks great for how um, the trajectory of his career is when we're bringing in guys that we think should start in the, after one year. Well, eventually, man, I think there's going to be some decisions to make, right? Because if you bring in a guy that has one year of eligibility, the expectation is that Tyler's going to have to battle Kenny Minchin the next year. Because Kenny Minchin should be ready to go middle of freshman year. Yeah. He should be ready to go. And if you start him the following year, he's going to go through growing pains, first two or three games. But the team, from a roster standpoint, should be built up to that point to be able to win games as he grows. Yeah, you got to be fair on how you go about balancing the nature of the quarterback roster. It's not the same as every position. I think Tommy wasn't telling the full truth Mm -hmm. about that because it's not. The quarterback position is definitely a unique position Mm -hmm. that you have to get right. You have to balance the nature of the room out the right way, which means Marcus Freeman is going to have some more tough conversations like he did with Drew, which I don't think is a problem for him, which is good for the program because you can be able to progress and get through it. So Tommy just can't be in the way of the growth of what that room is and what it's trying to become with who we're uh, recruiting, but also who we're trying to have as a bridge to seeing uh, who we can use in these next years under Marcus Freeman. I think Marcus Freeman wants to be able to put a, 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 a check mark or a sticker of approval on one of these recruits because I think he does need a franchise type of guy like uh, Brian Kelly had with Tommy and Ev and uh, Deshaun and uh, even Ian Book. So I think Marcus Freeman needs that uh, to add on to why he's such a good recruiter because a great recruiter gets great quarterbacks. And Jason Hewlett makes a point here that's actually funny because I know this is this would upset you greatly. He said he bets twenty dollars that Tyler Buckner runs the ball ten plus times. I wouldn't know if he did that. That Tommy doesn't love that kid, and he's gonna have a short career at Notre Dame. <laughs> Tommy is not interested in keeping Tyler Buckner for long, dude. Yeah, if Tyler Buckner runs the ball ten plus times, scripted runs. Now, if he scrambles out, getting away from pressure, yeah, that's uh, that's that's enough right there. Right, right. But scripted plays, no. Hand the ball off, my man. That's right. Hand the ball off. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Tommy Reese also talked about a position that they lost a pretty good guy that you felt like Drew Pine was locked on to a little bit too much. But he feels like there's a certain guy that's really taking the reins of that position during bowl practices. Yeah, I think um, Holden's really taking ownership of that role and uh, taking pride in the ability to – 
to be both a pass catcher and a blocker. I think he's playing with some physicality. I think he knows there's some urgency there with that group now to, to take a step forward. I mean, Mitch is somebody we count on regardless, so we need him to continue to be you know, a really good player for us, take a step forward, be a leader in the room now that, that Mike's gone and Kev's hurt. So uh, you see a little bit more pop in their step and their ability to go out there and, and really have urgency in the way that they want to practice and, and prepare for this game. It was interesting. Michael Mayer spoke glowingly about holding stays and said he was going to be a great one when he was asked about him in the middle of the season. And he said he just needs to add weight. That's all. He just needs to add weight and get stronger. And when he does that, you're going to see how great he can become. So to have the endorsement of Michael Mayer and then to have Tommy Reese talking about you really taking the reins of both blocking and being a pass receiver, you got to feel excited. You have to feel excited about what he can do. He should be excited because he knows he's getting the ball. Uh, <laughs> In this offense. At uh, tight end use. So he's going to have some targets. He just got to make the most out of it. Yeah. We're doing a great job of keeping that uh, player at the tight end position hard to, hard to stop. So he's just excited that his is his turn now. And it's good that he has the um, the testimonials from great guys like Michael Mayer, his teammate, and, and his coach, and Tommy Reese. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear that. Before we get our special guest, LeVon Whitaker, ABC 57 down in South Bend, he's going to be joining us shortly. Al Golden also met with the media, and he talked about a couple of guys on defense that are flashing in practice. Left, the two names he mentioned, I'm looking forward to watching them in the Gator Bowl. You know, he's got he's been playing really good down the stretch. I I want to say from Syracuse on, I, I would, you know, don't quote me on that, but I want to say really from that time on, capitalized on his uh, opportunities. And this is the biggest one of all, right? Because Fosk isn't there. So uh, he'll certainly have a chance to compete for that starting nod. Um, regardless, he's going to play a lot. And then Xavier Watts has kind of gradually gotten more snaps. I guess, what do you, what's the next step for him? Yeah, just continue to lead, be a leader, be decisive. Um, we can fix decisions on the field that are made, you know, um, with authority, uh, that are audible and demonstrative. We can't fix indecision. So he's doing that right now. I just got done saying it to him in practice. I'm really proud of um, the confidence that he's exuding in terms of running it. And um, not always going to be right, but if, if you run it, then 11 guys will be playing the same thing. If you don't run it, you know, there's a chance, you know, that we'll have two or three or maybe more guys that are on the, on the wrong page. So i um, very pleased with his, his uh, growth there. So they were talking about Jordan Botello having the opportunity to replace Fosky initially in that clip. And then Xavier Watts is someone we talked about in the month of November that started to shine. And especially if you go watch the USC game, I watched it a second time. And he played better than I thought he did. Second watch against USC. Just talk about hearing that from both of those guys and then what he says. Because you told me this as a quarterback. You said as a quarterback, it's very rare that everybody on defense is going to be doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why Coach Golden is right when he says, I just want you to make a decision. Just be decisive. Yeah. Because at that point, you know, people can respond to that. But nobody can help you when you're indecisive because we all know somebody's going to mess up. But it's the, the people that hesitate are the hardest ones to mess up and the ones that usually get taken advantage of. Because if you're going 100% and being decisive, you're going to fall in the good plays. 
and that's what defense is about. So Xavier Watts has got that attitude that he's just going to go, and that's going to help a a huge benefit to a defense that needs sort of a spark back there on the defensive back back end outside of Morrison just to keep it alive. Now, Patello, we talked a lot about Patello earlier, and I think he's uh, gearing up to have a, a, a nice impact. I don't think it'll be the same as Fowski. I don't see the same intensity uh, all the time, but I do think he has uh, some Dalen Hayes in him where he can make some plays, but uh, we will still need uh, them to all play well for Jordan to continue to impact the team. Yeah, and so Andretti, uh, uh, for some reason, he hasn't done anything. Yeah. Oh, you an apology for what? He hasn't done anything. We're excited to see him. Right, but I'm excited you to see an apology for somebody. That's he hasn't done anything. I want to see Tyson Ford. I want to see Tyson Ford too. I want to see Jason Onye. I want to see everybody. <laughs> everybody we can see. Look, man, if if Kaiser came up with a hamstring and was unable to go. I would feel bad, but I would be excited. Like the Bo Bauer situation. You know, if, you know, and I don't wish injury on anybody. That's not no. what I'm saying. I'm speaking hypothetical. But I'm just saying I really want to see the youngsters. That's yeah. what I'm saying. LeVon Whitaker joins us in a moment. Left, to kind of tie the boat on what you started off with with Grayson McCall. I gave thought to this. I don't give a darn who they bring in left. Because it won't make a difference if Tommy Reese doesn't do his job. That's right. I've come to that point. I'm sitting here and I'm going through the list of quarterbacks and I'm thinking about guys that might jump in the portal and, you know, Spencer Sanders. All right, Hudson Card. All right, Jeff Sims. All right, DJ Wagalele. All right, like you can go down the list of guys. They, They come to Notre Dame, they're going to look better than they did at their previous spot. That's just my belief. That's right. And that's exactly the effect we can have because we're a good team. We're looking for a good team to get a great quarterback, though, and that requires the offensive coordinator to be in tandem with that. So you can't bring in a fire starter into an igloo. Yeah. It don't work. Yeah. you got to be able to bring something in that you know when you get him in the offense, it's going to turn up what you're doing and what the team's doing. If you get a guy in there and you're like, oh, well, he doesn't necessarily run this the best, but we're going to do it anyway, you're going against everything that the whole point of bringing a more talented, dynamic player at that position. And I think it's a good challenge for Tommy because you have to coach differently than what you were used to, but that's what a championship level looks like. So that's my thing. Once again, it is literally <laughs> on Tommy Reese, man. I don't look, I don't care. You take anybody off of the court, the list of the quarterbacks, anybody off the list of the quarterbacks that I mentioned. Just bring them, just get them here. Just get them here. And do your job. 
right? Because Marcus Freeman, this, now this is what Marcus Freeman said, left. We're the team that we are this year because that's who we have to be. But that's not the team that we're going to be in the future, right? No more Michael Mayer based upon what you're trying to get in the portal and the wide receiver position, what you're bringing in the wide receiver position and what you're bringing back. That's the strength of your offense along with your running backs. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Then let's go to work. That dependency on the tight end and running the offense through the tight end, is those days should be over. 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 Am I correct? Over. Okay. So now who can take advantage of the wide receivers and run play action like crazy and be a threat to make off-schedule plays? That pretty much shorts the list of guys, in my opinion, and accuracy. That probably shorts the list of the contenders to be the next quarterback or to be a quarterback to come to Notre Dame via the transfer portal. Look, bro, by all means, I expect Notre Dame to get someone that's going to be able to start. Yes. But I fully believe that they want Tyler Buckner to bat. To be the guy. Yes. They want Tyler Buckner to be the guy. And if I'm the if I'm Tommy, Tommy probably figured, yo, this is my four-star, five-star guy when he recruited. This is my guy. This is the guy that can make all schedule plays, can run the ball a little bit, has a nice enough arm to stretch the field. Now we just have to make him now. This is the issue. I don't know as a quarterback if you can be made to be accurate. No. And that's 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 something that bears watching. That's something that bears watching. Like like Justin Fields, do you think he's accurate? I don't think he needs to be. Then he's Dak Prescott. I don't think he needs to be. Say it again. Then he's Dak Prescott. Exactly. Is that but he's Dak Prescott pre With better legs. Pre-injury. Yes. Now rookie Dak Prescott had the legs to supplement his inability to be accurate. Now he so has he to be he's not gonna get over the hump. Right. Of being in the playoffs every year, kind of thing. Like he can win games but he's going to struggle to win playoff games. You know, it's like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to win 9-10 games. Lamar Jackson is going to win divisions and games. Like, he's just that dude. He Regular season, he can go out there and dominate football games, flat out. The Ravens are in first place, and they've given up double-digit fourth-quarter leads, I think, four times. Think about that. And they're still in first place. They should have, like, 12 wins right now and maybe be the number one seed. And the Western Con- I mean, in the uh, AFC. So it's absolutely ridiculous when you think about um, when you think about it from that standpoint, bro. But the quarterback position is something that you have to recognize as a coordinator. What am I getting? And not only what am I getting, but what can I do with it? And for me, that's the biggest challenge 
with Tommy Reese. Because we can talk about all of these candidates in the portal. I don't care, bro. The bigger question for me is what is Tommy Reese going to do with whatever quarterback he gets? That's right. That's what I need to see. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with Tyler Buckner? And what are you going to do with Kenny Minchie when he gets here in January? That's the question. That's the spotlight is on you, right? Because can't mess it up. No, no. Because no matter what quarterback you get, he's probably coming into a better situation than his previous spot. So he should look better and he should play better. And based upon what Marcus Freeman said and what you just said left, the days of going and running the offense through the tight end, they're over. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know what we do. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Great content. Fabulous content. We thank you, guys. Downloads keep trending upwards each and every week. You're truly supporting us. The climb to 5,000 is real, and it's because of you, LL Nation. We greatly appreciate how you support us, and you encourage us. The chat is always lit. You make it enjoyable, right? What did the coach say in the clip we showed? It's not fun if it's not hard. It's not fun. It's not fun if it's not hard. And the climb has been hard, but it's fun because we get to do it with you guys each and every day, LL Nation and Notre Dame fans from all across the world because the brand is international. So we appreciate you. Go right now, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, for all of our great content. John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting, and also – uh, Jesse Styers, Sean Styers, and Vince D'Addario with IB Sports Nation and Sports Talk right there. Call it CFB Nation and also in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. It's the Lucky Lucky Podcast. You already know. We spin it different. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're glad to welcome Left. One of the coolest dudes I've had an opportunity to meet in my short time, just really starting on the beat back in January and going down and getting acclimated and, you know, introducing myself and to come across this brother and to meet this brother and have a few short stints to, you know, communicate, and converse with him. Uh, it's been a joy. And uh, he does one of the most, you know how you hear a press conference? And when you hear a press conference, you hear his voice or you hear someone's voice and you're like, oh, that's my guy asking the question. Like, that's, that's my guy. 
And this is just my dude right here, LeVon Whitaker, uh, ABC 57 News down in South Bend. He covers sports, not just Notre Dame sports. I think right now he's doing high school sports, uh, the basketball for the fall and winter. So we welcome him to the Lucky Lefty Podcast, LeVon Whitaker. L-Dub, what's good, fam? What's good with you, big dog, man? I'm glad to be on the man. show, man. Man, we greatly appreciate you. I, I wanted to have you come on because we don't get to come down as often as you being locally there. So I just really man. wanted to tap in with you and get the vibe around the program with everything swirling with the transfer portal. Uh, Kane Barong entered his name on yesterday, so they lost another tight end. And then you had the departure of Drew Pine. And you have bowl preparation. And you heard what Marcus Freeman and the coordinators said this weekend along with Brian Mason. What's the overall vibe around Notre Dame right now, you know, coming away with an 8-4 and four season? Well, I'm going to start by saying what's up to Malik, too. What's going on, man? Uh, what's up, man? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Uh, man, the vibe right now, I think – I don't think they're too worried about it, honestly, man, from what I've – you know, kind of just assessed in two days back, you know, being back on campus and media availability, availability uh, they, I think they still processing, processing it a little bit, trying to figure out how do they take this offense and defense without two, not just two captains, but two of your main captains into the bowl game against the South Carolina team, who just beat two big schools, two big programs. So I think they still trying to figure it out, but I don't, I don't know that they're too worried. I think uh, Freeman has, kind of control the room in a sense, in the environment, in the sense of we, we can control what we're going to control. And it's just that at this point. Uh, now, they do have their hands full. I've kind of listening on as far as, you know, guys like Kenny and, you know, what are they going to do with the guys that are entering the transfer portal? How are you going to compete with the rest of the Power Fast School? How are you going to compete with Prime over in Colorado? That's I think that's, you know, that's, that's your competition right now. That's your main focus. And you got uh, – live with what the decision that these guys made with. NIL has been a hot topic yeah. for a lot of fans, right? And Marcus Freeman, I think, has been steadfast in his stance. And I'm sure he's in constant communication with Jack Swarbrick trying to see eventually what Notre Dame is going to land in the evolution of the NIL landscape. But how – Looking at the class that they have coming in, it's still a pretty darn good class without Notre Dame being aggressive in that space. So moving forward, do you foresee Notre Dame making a substantial move in one direction or the other or another as far as NIL? I think they will. I mean, you got to adapt to the culture at some point. Uh, and that's that's the bottom line. You know, money going to always be the bottom line. Boys want to be breadwinners before they get to that next level. And uh, this is the opportunity to do that. Money talks and uh, Notre Dame brand going to be what it is, regardless. That is the brand and everybody wants to stick to. And it's, you know, something to to rave about. But when you add you add coins to it, 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 it's, it just embraces. You can embrace the brand a lot more when you got some money in your pockets. So um, I think yeah. that's something they're going to have to embrace that culture to compete with those other programs, like I mentioned before. Yeah, it's interesting because the topic of our show is like selling Notre Dame to elite talent, right? Do you think Marcus Freeman, how do you how would you look at Marcus Freeman in his first season? And I don't want to say grade him, but just you know, 
overall, how would you characterize his ability to sell Notre Dame to the elite talent around? The yeah, world? do you think he can make a, a bigger a bigger push to elite talent than our previous? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, Freeman got the it factor, man. You know, and I'm not just talking about coaching guys. I'm talking about just the relatability aspect of things, right? Like, I go, I see Freeman in the hallway. He's like, what's up? It's a head nod. You know, he has that culture about him. He's young. He in his 30s, you know. The guy, he ain't he ain't out the mix. He know what's going on in day-to-day life. And uh, he's not your typical, you know, power five coach. You know, this guy, he understands culture. And I think, you know, that's that's his strong suit and then you 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 add the fact that Notre Dame is Notre Dame and um it makes it a little easier I think on guys just to be able to talk to him and him to have that uh that that kind of charismatic approach to everything man he just I I think that is their strong suit when it comes to recruit I don't think you get these guys without a Marcus Freeman sometimes I wonder if Notre Dame is able to take advantage of having a Marcus Freeman yeah. Like, do they really know how to take advantage? <laughs> like, for you as a former player, do you guys feel like, like, man, we're really not taking it? Just simply from the apparel that he wears, right? Yeah. The hoodies that he rocked. And we're like, where are they? I, we don't see them being sold. Like, culturally, is Notre Dame really doing a good job of even taking advantage? Both of you guys tap in on that. Are, you, are they doing a good job of tapping in or the cultural change that he has brung to the program? I think they've made the biggest the biggest step of getting close to that without having to dive all head first in the NIL. Like if there was a route to choose between you get the it factor coach or you just sell out into the NIL space and give up a bunch of money, I think we've taken the choice of, of the least stressful right now, which yeah. is not having to shell out duffel bags to top prospects. I think Coach Freeman is given enough of a convincing factor that they cannot not overlook the NIL, but see the bigger picture of what Notre Dame can bring under playing for a guy like Marcus Freeman, that the resources will be even more. So, so I think he's been doing a good job of balancing that, but also sticking to his guns. We're not negotiating with terrorists. If you come in uh, with those type of uh, negotiations, uh, we're just going to keep it moving because people want to play at Notre Dame. We don't have to beg people to come there. So I think as long as we keep that factor up alone, which Marcus Freeman, uh, you know, gives that uh, effect to, then we're good. We're always going to have guys flowing in like Dion. He's always going to have guys flowing in. But is he going to retain that? And I think that's Marcus Freeman's biggest challenge. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, you see a guy that walked in with, with Taylor Seuss and he got, the, you know, he got got the white shoes. All you give him is some, some Air Force Ones going to make it a lot better. But like, right. but no, he, he you know, he he tailored, you know, from top to bottom, man. And he got that swag with him. And like you said, he ain't got to beg nobody to come in Notre Dame. The brand is the brand. And you can come play for me. You can play under a guy like Tommy Reese, Al Golden, uh, McCullough. You can have that advantage. Choice is yours. I think you know that's that's his advantage. I think, like you said, they just they hit on that first because that personality is a, is so strong, is so is so embracing that you know you can't overlook it with by throwing a double a duffel bag at boys, like you said. Once again, we have our boy Levon Whitaker, ABC, ABC fifty seven down in South Bend, covering all sports, specifically Notre Dame during the season right here. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Already know. 
what was the one thing that stood out to you that is a big difference in this program from what it was into the season out, you know, they ended the season at Stanford last year, right? So after that Stanford game last year until the post game against USC, what was the biggest difference? Like what in an eight and four season, what can fans grab a hold to and say, you know what? We'll be all right. Yeah, we're gonna be all right. Well, see, I didn't cover I didn't cover Notre Dame last season. Um, I was here, but I didn't cover them. I was doing regular news. But just from that perspective alone, I think what boys saw, what people can take away from that is just the fact that they ain't gonna they, they ain't gonna let go of the Notre Dame brand. They're not gonna keep they take their foot off off folks' necks. And the fact that regardless of what happens this season, I think Notre Dame can go out there right now. I don't think it'll happen. They can go out there right now. They would have went two and ten. They're going to ride on the same thing they was riding on last season and the season before that. We still know the Dame. We had a bad season. Had an off season. We still know the Dame, and you know what you know. You know what that comes with. So, I think that's just their strong suit. It's going to be their strong suit, and <laughs> they're not going to let go of that. Yeah, and they should. You know, I tell League all the time. As a player, I would talk so much trash if I actually played for the university. Like, yo, there's nothing you would be able to tell me. A dude like Justin Tuck. All-time sack leader until Foskey, Super Bowl champ with the Giants, and this dude is managing like portfolios for Goldman Sachs. He's a millionaire. Like, dude, that you want to sell Notre Dame? Put that dude on the wall like that, right? There. <laughs> right. That's right. That's what we do. Like, we make you great in every area of your life. So, the selling point. What would you both say to the quarterbacks in the portal? Like, sell Notre Dame. Man, I think Notre Dame is self-explanatory, man. They they, they see us because we play on TV every week. And on top of the fact that they know if they're seeing guys like Drew Pine flourish, that just imagine a more athletic guy or more dynamic guy or or a top five-star guy would look uh, in a in an offense where you see so much potential. I, I bet you every one of them is like, man, don't they got receivers on the team that they want to use? I'm sure I'm over here past with 400-something yards a game. They could probably use something like that uh, at a team like Notre Dame. So I think that Notre Dame playing every week, knowing that the Heisman runs through us. I don't think if Caleb Williams beat Notre Dame, he would have won the Heisman. So you know it's, it's a Notre Dame factor that plays into it. Even when we 8-4, and four, you still got to beat us if you want to win the Heisman. So the reason why two guys were in New York was because of Notre Dame. CJ was there because he beat us. Because if you did beat us, he wouldn't be in New York. Because if you would have won it if you beat Michigan. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Notre Dame, the Heisman runs through us, so most of these teams know and quarterbacks know in the portal that you come here, you got a chance, a realistic chance, and that's all you need in college football. Yeah, I'm, I'm piggybacking off that. The fact that, you know, you can come here, you can say every team wants to beat Notre Dame. It ain't like it's this is not USC, this is not Ohio State. Everybody wants to take down Notre Dame, no matter how good or bad they are. They want to take down Notre Dame, and that's just the facts. You come in here – like you said, you got an athletic guy in Tyler Tyler Buckner, but hey, you're looking at a couple more athletes that are more athletic than Tyler Buckner that can probably spin the ball a little bit, a little bit better than Buckner, and say, I got a chance to do what Pine did, maybe be better, maybe be in the Heisman race. I got a great backfield as far as my the running back core. I got some elite receivers who had probably just didn't get the ball enough, and now the offense is probably not going to run through Michael Mayer or a guy like Michael Mayer. Heck, I'm, I'm going to go out there and do what I got to do. Yo, 
let's keep it a buck. That's what we do here, right? We have fun. It's like Chris Paul and Bob City. Oh, I'm gonna throw you a lob. I'm about to throw you the oop. I'm about to throw both of you all the oop. We run this three man break. I'm about to throw the oop. Let's get it. What's the one thing that really pissed Drew Pine off in that conversation with Marcus Freeman? Like, what do you think was the one thing that was said? Was it we're bringing in the portal? Was it, hey, we appreciate you being 82, Tyler's healthy? Was it, um, you're going to have to battle for the job in the spring? Like, what do you think was the one thing that kind of just made you kind of feel like, you know what? I think I'm going to go ahead and put my name in the portal. I don't think it was anything before that conversation, if I'm being a buck with you. Okay. Because here's the fact of the matter. Um, Pine has been that backup guy for years. Yeah. I think just going, knowing that you're going to have, no, I think knowing that you were going to have that conversation, I think Pine knew before the fact that they were bringing in a, a transfer and, and bringing in Minchie that, all right, I got to, I got to make this decision. And that, that conversation probably just solidified it and said, okay, I, I know why I stand with this program. I was a backup to Ian. I was a backup to Jack. I was a backup to Tyler. It's time. I, I, I think Notre Dame provided him the best perspective of reality that he could have asked for in these three years. He got, he got playing time. He got experience on a national, on, on, on a, on a national TV in front of a national audience. And you still get three years of eligibility. I think they did him a favor. Man, we 100% did him in a favor. He knows that. He probably was like, you know what, Mark Freeman, thanks, man. I just trying to ride this train as long as I can, you know, and I and I got everything I could have asked for. I got three years. I got on ESPN to let people know I'm out here and I'm a Notre Dame quarterback at the end of the day. That's eight and two. Yeah. I can take that and play anywhere except Alabama and Georgia, Ohio State, but I can play anywhere and be, and be good on any campus because I got that certified badge from that ND logo. So we definitely did him a favor. I think Drew, Jack Cohn probably like, yeah, man, hey, you lucked out too, huh? That's, that's good for you, man. You found the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow playing at Notre Dame at the quarterback position. But now we got somebody that's going to take us over the rainbow instead yeah. of going around and getting it at the end. Yeah. I'm interested in finding out what in the world was, because, you know, sometimes we can get petty on this show. What was the pettiest thing that you saw or heard around the program this year? Whether it was from coming from media side, coaching side, player side. For us, we get we gave the award already. You know, it's not official because we're gonna have it at the end of the year. But Braden Lindsay gets the petty of the year award for us. Because <laughs> anytime Braden had to talk about his quarterbacks, it was like, yo, Braden, what are you saying, man? Yeah, he's like yeah. Tyler Buckner. What do you say, Tyler Buckner? You're not helping. He's <laughs> like Tyler Buckner is the best running quarterback I've ever played with. We're like, come on, Braden. That's not what we're looking for, bro. Then, I mean, what did he say about Drew Pine and that touchdown pass against Navy? Oh, oh man. Said I, had, I was like 10 yards open and I had to wait. Oh, that was Tommy. That was Tommy that oh, said he was like a thousand yards open. But Drew, bro, he said something else about that touchdown pass or whatever. But it was just, it was like, yo, Braden. Don't ask him any more questions about <laughs> you think do you think the wide receivers would because you kind of pointed this out? Do you think there was frustration with the wide receiver core this year? Um if it wasn't 
any frustration, it probably should have been a little bit of frustration, but I don't know if it was really validated, validated or not. Maybe early on, you could have validated the frustration because the run game wasn't there. Yeah. But once that run game got going, hey, either you making catches like Michael Mayer or that end zone catch uh, for Tobias Merriweather. Um, but I, maybe early on, maybe early on, but uh, – Towards the middle of the season, man, I don't think you can because the run game was your bread and butter. Yeah. And um, if that's your offense, that's your offense, man. You know, boys, in, it's like playing it's like playing as a wide receiver with you got Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs. That's your, you know. Yeah. Hey, we're going to run the ball. And we got yeah. one of the best offensive lines in the country. We're going to run the ball, <laughs> you know, running down their throat until they, can t- until they can't take it no more. Right. Um, but, but I think but, but I think guys like I, I think other guys took advantage of it. my bad country. I think other guys took advantage of it. Uh, Deion Cozy took advantage of the opportunity to step in. Yeah. So <laughs> there was opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, I think especially. But you, you still need a guy. And I love my favorite receiver in college football last year, George Pickens. Throw me the rock. Yeah, I know we run at Georgia, but throw me the rock. Yeah. And I, and you need that attitude in the room because it should be somebody upset because we're making uh, the recruit that left, C.J. Williams, right. He said, I ain't going to Notre Dame, I ain't throwing a rock. I'm about to go to SC. Right. And he's right. At this point, he's right. I would have made the right decision. You can't be mad at that. So we definitely need to be able to expand that aspect because we have guys that can do it. Now, guys are finding opportunities. Like you said, Deion Cozy found his spots. The receiver right now for Notre Dame was a role. So if you're not in there catching the five passes that we're throwing deep or the five times we targeted in two games and you're not making an impact play, because it might be, you know, Tobias Mayweather only played two and a half seconds and got two plays and one of them is a touchdown. So I think that uh, that's your coming out party window for a receiver right now. It's unfortunate, but hopefully that role grows like it did for Jaden Thomas. Man, is any who's the name that's being whispered around? Because I remember last year during bowl prep, Jaden Thomas was the name we kept hearing. Like, yo, Jaden Thomas is making plays. He's making plays. And then, of course, I think we saw the maturation of his game uh, during the regular season. Is there anyone that's kind of being whispered about, you know, during the hallways that you heard during media availability on either side of the ball where it's like you're hearing them making plays or really uh, showing themselves well in practice? Um, not from the receiving core. I know Freeman kind of mentioned um, holding stays just last week, uh, just the fact that he is taking advantage of the fact that the opportunity is there for him. You know, he and um, uh, um, uh, Mitchell. So I think uh, I haven't heard anything from as far as the receiving core, though. I just I think the door is wide open, though. All right, everybody got to eat now. Shoot, yeah. there's, there's no reason for nobody not to be going 1,000 percent in practice and one that and asking for targets and saying, "Give me the ball." Um, obviously the safety net is still going to be the run game because nobody has changed. Nothing has changed on that offensive line. But I think from a receiving standpoint, you better be blocking and you better be uh, getting open. Right. Uh, The facts are, I mean, if I'm Kane Barong and I'm sitting there watching Holden really doing his thing, I'm like, okay, Eli's coming back next year. Right. Mitch is here. Bauman's coming back. Like, Man, I'm fifth on the list. Like, yeah, I might need to jump in this portal right quick to make <laughs> make a business decision and a career decision. So it's understandable. And I don't have a problem with that, especially if it's coming from the place of competition where you go out there, you compete, and then you just recognize, look, some guys are ahead of me. 
I need to go find my playing time somewhere else. So once again, LeVon Whitaker from ABC 57 down in South Bend covers all sports and is locked in in Notre Dame football right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast with us. We spend it different. Before we let you go, bro, National Signing Day. I think the class right now currently sits at 25, if I'm not mistaken. What's what's the vibe? Is it excitement or is it really nervousness about trying to retain some of the key guys in the class as they approach National Signing Day? Um, I haven't. We haven't talked about it in media availability, but if I'm if I'm looking at um, if I'm going based on what I'm seeing on social media, I think Notre Dame. I don't think they worried, but I think they um, I think they they know they're in a good position. And the only reason you secure that position is by going out and say, uh, we sleep when we sleep when we got the commitments that we want. And uh, it don't look like they've been getting much sleep. So I think they yeah. are they on the road. I think, I don't know what the vibe is directly outside of that, but. They know and they are making it a point of emphasis to take pictures and telegraph, you know, and, and have all of this as far as memory goes to let these guys know we got you. We're going to be out there. The media team going to be here. The eyes are on you, even if you ain't on TV right now. This is just a, a this is a preview. This is a trailer to the movie to what you're going to experience here in Notre Dame. That's right. Trailer to the movie. That's that's the trailer to the movie. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, is exactly right. You want to you want it's like a taking the victory lap around the field. Yeah. Yeah. We taking pictures. Yeah. We on the jet. Yeah. We on the limo on the road. Cause we got them. 25 in the bag. This is how we going to flex on you. This is our victory lap. We just letting you know, we just racked up another one. Yeah. Y'all dropping that key on news, but we look what we just got. We just did over here. So I think that's, you can only do that when you're doing your job. Hell, if we wasn't recruiting right, you couldn't take no pictures. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to go to what we're talking about and what LeVon pretty much brought up with Coach Free, I've never known Notre Dame at any point in a recruiting class to have the number one and number three ranked player in that class at the same time. Even if they did part ways mutually or decommit, whatever went on, in the background, you had Dante Moore and Keon Keeley in the class at the same time. The number one quarterback and the number one pass rusher, defensive lineman. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for people to tell me when that's happened in the last 10 years. Now, we yeah. can sit up here and, like, you know, post, post-mortem, whine about the decommitment. But, yo, you did something, or your coaching staff and your head coach did something that has not been done. Yeah. And like you said, they're going to continue to put their foot on next. Because in my opinion, based upon my assessment, that I think they're going to get another commitment to the 24 class that's going to be huge at the end of this week. Yeah. That's how confident I feel and where they sit with that young man. So the beat goes on, man. The beat goes on. It's Notre Dame. The brand is real. It's the best brand in football. Honestly, Whoever comes in the portal should be in the top 10 for the Heisman preseason. Whatever quarterback, you get Spencer Sanders, put him in the top 10. You get Hudson Carr, put him in the top 10. Even if you go get DJ Uagalele, who I doubt comes here, put him in the top 10 for the Heisman. Why? Because it's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame. And they're going to be a good team. If If I had to ask you which young player 
is going to pop off in the Gator Bowl on the offensive side and the defensive side. Tell me who you got. Man, defense, I can't – the name Ben Morrison is the only thing to pop in my head, man. I think the dude is a monster. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking Ben Morrison. I think he he wants Spencer, whether that's getting him, get him in the backfield or, or make him, making him feel his pressure out in the secondary. Right. Um, from an offensive standpoint, man, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. That, that's a tough one because it all depends, you know, it all depends on what their game plan is against a stout defense. But, you know, things start and, and they start and end with the field general. So whoever that quarterback is, whether that's Buckner, which I believe that's who it's going to be, uh, I say Buckner has some going to have gonna, he, he should have some grit to him about in this game. Um, and if it's Angeli and Angeli get his spot, I don't think he don't need to be timid. He need to go out there and play like he's been playing starting quarterback from the day for the last two, three years. Yeah. Let him throw the rock. Yeah. You ain't got nothing to lose. Absolutely. Hey, everybody. Come down to who's going to handle the pressure. Because if I'm South Carolina's defense, I'm blitzing every snap. Every snap. I'm like, you got Aaron Telly and TB who hadn't played in the whole season. And he's glass man right now. So that means early. They should be open for draw plays and screens. That's yeah. basically what you tell them. <laughs> Quick well, screens, draw be, plays. From South Carolina, every play, every play. Tommy gonna have to expand that playbook. He might want uh, <laughs> well, to. He needs to do that on. anyway. Yeah, true. He needs to do that anyway. Lucky Lucky Podcast, uh, bro. We appreciate you, everybody. Go follow you. the bro, Levon Wit underscore TV. Levon Wit has two T's. Underscore TV on Twitter right now. Go follow him right now. No one, I'm telling you this now because I listen to every press conference. Nobody asks better questions <laughs> than this dude. It's questionable questions being asked every week. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's like I was that. praying for this. I did 10 years in Chicago media. He is the best. <laughs> he asked the best questions. Every press conference. It's not even close. His questions make news. And you know when it's him. His voice is distinctly <laughs> distinguishable. He's yeah, the he best in the business doing it right now down in Notre Dame. Our brother, LeVon Whitaker, ABC 57 South End. Thank you for joining the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we're going to get you back on close to signing day, bro. So just be ready. For sure. Appreciate y'all, man. Love hey, y'all, man. Have a blessed day, bro. All right, y'all too. Yes, sir. Once again, that's Levon, L-E-V-O-N-W-H-I-T-T, underscore TV. Best in the biz, man. He asked the best questions, bro. I have a special clip for you because we I'm going to give the top list of who sells their programs the best before we get out of here left. And this is specifically for you, my brother, because uh, this right here, I saw this live. Number one versus number three in between the hedges and Kirby Smart post game sold his program in 10 seconds better than anybody. This is how you sell your program. One team in the country come in here. How were you able to just send them packing their bags the way that you just did? A bunch of kids that love this place. 
We took zero out of the portal. They all love it here. They compete their ass off, and these fans are elite. I'm so proud for this university and these kids. They practice their butt off for two weeks. That man said we don't need the portal. Zero. These fans, they love it here. That man just encompassed in 10, 12 seconds Georgia football. He just sold the program post-game in a post-game interview. That's how you sell your program right there. Kirby Smart is the number one seller in college football right now. It yeah. is not even close. Not even close because he but got he the just result. Did what he just did in 12 seconds. I love it too at Georgia. Shoot. Laid it out, bro. That man did this. We don't have to go to the portal. We don't need that. Kids love it here. We had people leave us after winning the national championship. After winning. And we still didn't go to the portal. You know what that means, love? We get you in and we get you ready to play. That's it. We developed. You ain't have to worry about somebody being no, transferred no, no, in. No, you kind of come, you kind of come ready made. It's, it's it's little assembly required, but the especially same. up front, especially up front, Dallas out, especially up front. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up front is there's no assembly required. That's that's yeah, your money maker right there. Everybody else, they do a good job, but them specifically, they get that shipped in, imported. You know, yes. Then he said what? They love it here. They love it here. Look, man, I'm not saying South Bend is the best place in the world, but you got to make it where kids love it. Yeah. That's it. doesn't have to be the best place in the world. No. It's close enough to Chicago over the summer. Most Notre Dame players come to Chicago to kick it anyway. Yeah, they got the connects. Absolutely. Marcus Freeman is a top five seller. Easily. Kurt Ferentz is a top five seller. Let me tell you why. Because Iowa, he knows Iowa's an 8 14 every year. <laughs> He's able to sell development and NFL stock. Because somehow, some way, they get NFL players, especially at in the secondary. Positions, at certain positions. Absolutely. Tight ends. They're going to put you in the NFL. Offensive line, they're going to put you in the NFL. Safeties, they're going to put you in the They're going to put you in the NFL. Because, I mean, what, I mean, dude, cornfields, it's not much for him to sell. Yeah. In Iowa, as far as location. Football. He does a great job of selling football. Cal Whittingham does a great job of selling. Utah? Yes. Yes. He does a great job of selling Utah football. Great job. Deion Sanders, top five. Easy. Fantastic job. He is one of the best sellers. And it's probably easier for him because of who he is. Yeah. But he's not afraid to hustle. Nope. And that's what selling is all about. Knowing the hustle. Right, because everybody doesn't have you know what? I would love to be a seller of homes in LA, bro. Would love it. I don't know the lay of the land though. Okay, you understand? That's right. I would love to come out there and sell million dollar homes. I don't even have to go to the hills. Yeah, not near yeah, nowadays. You don't now nowadays. I can sell a million, I can sell a million dollar home 
in the hood right now in California. It made it look good too. Absolutely. So Marcus Freeman, in order to sell to the elites, number one, has to continue. You have to be able to hustle. I don't care if you're selling million dollar homes or you're selling homes for 150,000. The hustle is the same. Yeah. He taking that hustle. thing everywhere. Matter yeah. of fact, if you're selling if you're selling homes on a higher level, the number of people qualified are less. So the hustle is more even more intense. So to sell the elite players, you need someone like Marcus Freeman that's intense intentional and wants to be the head recruiter and that's why he makes head recruiter that's right yes that's why he makes my top five list he understands the role so, absolutely sure. absolutely so selling selling Notre Dame is cool selling Notre Dame is cool Bernie I I kind of stopped short because it seemed all your comments about certain types of people are negative, so I'm gonna let it ride. If Dion can sell Jackson State, he'll have no problem. Right, if he can take five star players to Jackson, Mississippi, he'll have no problem selling Colorado None. to five star players. None. None. If he wasn't a good seller, he wouldn't be on Act Flat commercials. That's true. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have commercials with Saban, who's a great seller as well. At all. At all. I think, let me tell you something. You tell me as we get ready to get out of here. Nick Saban lost college football when he decided to go away from the game managers at quarterback. Because I think he let his entire program go a little soft. He mm. went for this offensively. And in doing so, I think he went soft, period. Wow. Meanwhile, I think Michigan and Kirby Smart are proving that physical play is coming back around. Like we went through that age of Deshaun, Tua. Jalen Hurts, all the great quarterbacks. Now, physical play in the trenches is coming back in trend with Georgia and Michigan and what they've done. Yeah. I, I think, and if Marcus Freeman is going in that direction, I think Notre Dame's going to be going to be pretty good. Yeah, we're definitely the hybrid of the teams. I think we're trending more to a physical run game, and we have the potential of doing that with Coach Freeman, who's aware of what's going on in college football, he ain't just stuck in uh, La La Land. He knows what's winning. He knows what works, and he's and he's going to stick to that. Well, bro, we had a great show. Levon Whitaker joined us. Gave our best sellers, seven elite players in Notre Dame. Heard from both coordinators. You talked about Grayson McCall <laughs> for the listeners. Man, that's all we do is give you great content each and every day right here. Lucky Lefty Podcast, we stand a different. You know what time it is. Petticoat. Petticoat. Petticoat.
It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. Put Megan the Stallion on the Petty Train. Uh-oh. If you're going to go on national TV and lie about who you've been with, but you got a court case coming up where that's going to be part of the argument of the defense, you might want to tell the truth and just take the hit. That's nasty work. Are you gonna go on with Gail? Gail flat out asked you, like, man, did you you have relations with Tory Lanez? Did you sleep with him? You laughed. <laughs> what? Sleep with him? No. Straight up lied. You forgot about the court date? You forgot about the case? Just lying. I'm like, man, what did they have to substantiate this? Did Tory have text messages, pictures, video? Like <laughs> Because usually when something happens, is he say, she say. Yeah. For her lawyers to admit it, like, yo, we have to admit this because this evidence is showing. It's hot right now. It's hot right now. <laughs> so, Meg the Stallion. Yeah. Um, I'm putting myself on the petty train. Because I'm about to get petty. Uh-oh. Hey, bro. How many mics LeBron got? <laughs> LeBron. Um, I, I, today I became the biggest LeBron James fan. I want him to snap for the rest of the year. Is that right? Yeah. So that cat MJ can walk out on the court at the Staples Center and present him with the Michael Jordan Trophy NBA MVP award. That cat LeBron has five MVPs. He has five mics in the crib. Five. <laughs> five mics in the crib. You Bron, Bron got the mics, boy. They're going to give Bron a statue or something. They're going to outdo it. They got to. Because he should have an award for the best Dude. score. Look. Look. The man is an owner. The man is an owner in the league. And got his own trophy. <laughs> Don't get no better than that. Yeah. He's handing out them mics for the rest of his life as an owner. Oh, my goodness. Watch, LeBron going to have something more special. It's okay. He's just still playing right now. All those guys are old guys. It's not even, they not even, they even, not even asking who won the MVP. Watch, watch NBA today. There ain't no MVP race. It's the Mike race. <laughs> Who's winning the Mike? Who in first place in the Mike race? <laughs> that's all you got. That's all you have to know. Now they go that make, Mike? And they go make LeBron the logo. That's all. Who's getting that Mike? They just going to make LeBron the logo. Dunking on somebody or something. The new NBA logo going to be LeBron James. Because they got to pay him up for something. Like Because this is egregious. What's egregious? 
that if, they give, if they give the Mike Jordan player the, the goal year, conversation is over. No, it's not. See, that's why they got to so have LeBron so got to be a logo. So he's got to be, you know, a statue or something. It's got to be something like that. They can call. They they can give him the biggest flop award. Oh, here we go. Probably the, the biggest, biggest flip flopper. Go from team to team. They can give him that award. Oh man, they can definitely give him the biggest liar award in the NBA. The biggest. Oh yeah. <laughs> Every year, not, not the LeBron Every Man year. of the Year award. Can't give him that one. Not that one. But I had to throw myself on the petty train, man. Yeah. The most disappointing player of the year award, that's the LeBron. The most flop award. <laughs> oh, man. So I just had to throw myself on the petty train because you should have known that was coming. That Mike Jordan award crazy. Man, that cat LeBron got five mics in the crib. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> oh, man. John Erickson said Dion isn't selling, he's buying. What's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> I got this money. That's my selling point. Don't get mad at the selling point. The selling point, I mean, it is what it is. Some dudes can sell their nice hair. Some dudes can sell their car. Some dudes can sell their nice clothes. Yeah. What's your selling point? Whatever makes it happen. Can't be mad if you don't have a car. No. Nice to see the old dudes riding down with the BMWs, with the Vogue wheels. I didn't hate. Yeah, I didn't have one. No, I didn't hate. I just said one day. One day, me too. That's right. Don't hate on Dion, because one day you want Notre Dame to flash a little money too. That's right. Lucky Lefty Podcast, man. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great Tuesday, man. Most of all, you got to make sure. That you do what, left? Spin it different. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.